1: have you caught a dose of fcs fever welcome to the fcs fever podcast a part of the aaron torres media feed now here's your host of the fcs fever podcast jeff Colhane.
0: all right here we go let's fire it up it is the fcs fever podcast coming out of the weekend my name is jeff Colhane. great to be here with you After another exciting weekend of college football around the country, yes, we're getting more answers. Yes, we're finding out who are contenders. Yes, we are finding out maybe who some of the pretenders are around FCS college football. And I'm ready to slam the door shut on the Walter Payton Award here in the fall of 2021. I'll get to that here in a moment. Big wins, surprises as always, some teams falling from the ranks of the unbeatens. And we do have a win of the weekend with a guest on the program today where we will dive into an impressive win. Grizz getting stung at home over the weekend, honoring their 2001 National Championship Team 20th anniversary with one of their own doing the stinging on the coaching staff on the other side. We'll tell you more about that as we roll along here on the FCS Fever Podcast. But it's over Throw in the towel, wave the white flag. It is done. Eric Berrier is your Walter Payton Award winner in 2021, folks. Yes, it's it's a done deal. Uh, I don't have a vote. I don't need a vote. And I'm here to tell you, if somebody else wins the award in the fall, uh, I'm going to lose my mind right here on this podcast. Eric Berrier, who I thought should have won it in the spring. No disrespect to Cole Kelly. I've mentioned that many times. And Kelly is having a tremendous season as well. But Eric Barrier is on another level this year, folks. Throw in that towel. Wave the white flag. Let's put a stamp on this bad boy. After what he did versus Idaho on Saturday, Eric Barrier threw for 600 yards and seven touchdowns. And ran in another for just, you know, just for kicks. Eight total touchdowns, 600 passing yards. It's over, folks. This young man deserved his time. He deserves his due. He deserves the respect. And again, thought he should have won in the springtime. He was tremendous in in a weird year. And he has helped lead this Eastern Washington team, some would say, to the best resume currently in FCS college football. And what a player. What a performer! He has defensive coordinators. Just they're up late at night. They're having nightmares. How do you defend this guy? Well, the only reason is, is basically you got to get him off the field. You got to make sure he's not on the field, and then you have your best shot to do so. It's over, folks. Congratulations. I'm I'm labeling it right now. There's no need to have any more discussion. After 600 passing yards, seven passing touchdowns. Oh yeah, I'll run one in as well. Eric Barrier is your Walter Payton Award winner for the fall of 2021. You can cancel it. Cancel all the meetings, all the conversations. He's the guy. Congratulations, Eric. You're the best offensive player in the country. All right. Contenders, pretenders. And you got some seasons that are hanging in the balance now as we make it through the midway point of this FCS college football season. Contenders? Well, Montana State is not flashy. Brent Vegan's done a nice job in year number one. They are physical. They run the football. They stop the run. It's been a recipe for success for teams that have been able to travel far and travel deep into the playoffs. They played on national stage on Friday night at Weber State. Weber State, by the way, their season hangs in the balance. They are on life support. They need oxygen. But Montana State wins it 14 to 7 We're going to get to our, you know, win of the weekend, game of the weekend coming up. But if you look at the Big Sky Conference right now, you get a little bit of a three-horse race currently. It's going to shake itself out. It's going to get figured out, obviously, as the games get played. But you have Eastern Washington, Montana State, and yes, Sacramento State is unbeaten in Big Sky Conference play right now. Are they for real? Well, they just went into Montana and won for the first time in Missoula and snapped a 12-game home winning streak, the Hornets did. So... Yeah, I'd say that's a pretty impressive win, but the top of the Big Sky starting to work itself out uh, overall. In the Southland, Incarnate Word continues to clip along. They beat Nichols. I said a couple of weeks ago that the Southland's a three-horse race. Nope, it's a two-horse race now. It's the Word and Southeastern Louisiana, Incarnate Word. They host the Lions November the 6th. A lot of people have Southeastern Louisiana As a top 10 team in their rankings right now, I'm just saying, the the word's got him at home. I know Cole Kelly is phenomenal. He had another big day, five touchdown passes, 396 yards passing, and a 61-24 win over Houston Baptist. But don't forget about the word, folks. That's all I'm saying. It's a two-horse race in the Southland right now. Mention that ETSU had to get over a mental hurdle. In-state foe, Chattanooga, conference play on the road. And Chattanooga's been the better program through the years. But this season, ETSU is the better football team. They couldn't get over the mental mental hurdle, folks. They had some turnovers. They were unable to get it done. Chattanooga knocks ETSU from the land of the unbeatens, from the ranks of the unbeatens, and now you take a look at what's going on around uh, the SoCon, and you've got a fun race there, without a doubt. You've got a, a wide open race in the SoCon currently, right now. VMI routes Mercer on the road, forty-five to seven. The SoCon's wide open. Five one-loss teams in that conference. Keep an eye on that league. That's going to be one heck of a conversation throughout the rest of this season. Five one-loss teams currently in the SOCON after ETSU falls, VMI routes, Mercer. Got to watch that league and follow it because it's going to be a lot of fun here down the stretch. All right, let's go to the Valley. Uh, Top league, you know, you you could argue Valley, Big Sky, but man, the Valley is deep again. It's really, really good. NDSU's defense has only allowed 43 points in six games this season. 43, folks. 43 points total in 6 games this season, 5 total touchdowns allowed. They were clean, but we've seen this from NDSU. They show what they need to show, they do what they need to do, and they still go on the road and beat an Illinois State team 20 to nothing on their homecoming. Nice crowd, great tailgating scene seen there in Normal. NDSU moves on 6 and 0. 3-0 and in the Valley. They've got a big game coming up this weekend against the top offense in Missouri State. Certainly a game to watch. You could say Southern Illinois is living a charmed life right now with how they came from behind and won at South Dakota State with some of the mistakes and decisions that SDSU made down the stretch in that game. And then on Saturday, they hung on, and they were able to survive another tight one versus UND. UND with their back against the wall, and had a chance. Adam Stage, couple of missed field goals down the stretch. Bubba Schweiger elected to go for on fourth down instead of kick a field goal in Southern Illinois continues to find a little bit of mojo, maybe living a charmed life, maybe not, but they survive UND, top five team right now, UND season on life support, hanging in the balance. They'll have to run the table and win at the end of the year at South Dakota State on the road in Brookings if they want to be a part of the playoff conversation and be a playoff team. Speaking of surprises, say hello to the national scene, the Coyotes of South Dakota. Bob Nielsen has been trying to find that winning recipe that he had at Western Illinois, trying to implement it and find that blueprint at the University of South Dakota. Well, it feels like he has found it. USD looks like a playoff team, folks. They won at Northern Iowa. You and I may be a little bison hangover after a 34-20 loss. USD goes into the Unidome and knocks off the Panthers 34-21. It's a massive win for the Bob Nielsen camp down in Vermilion. They put a lot of money into the program, some practice facility updates. They did uh, done great work to the Dakota Dome with around I believe 24-25 million dollars in upgrades. They finally have a division 1 modern facility. It looks great. Well, they're playing some pretty good football right now. 36 minutes time of possession. They held Northern Iowa to 90 yards rushing. They forced three turnovers. Carson Camp was uh, efficient and uh, delivered the football well. They ran the football, and they go to Northern Iowa. Tough place to go and win. and I has playoff hopes this year, obviously. Welcome to the national stage, South Dakota. Now you're on and under the spotlight because you're at home, and you're on the road, and two winnable games coming up in your next two contests. USD is 5-2, and 3-1 and one in the Valley. Their next two games, both they'll be favored in. At home against Illinois State, the Redbirds are, again, that's a a life support oxygen team right there. They need it pretty bad. And then they're on the road in Macomb at Western Illinois. So... You could see a USD team at 7-2, and 5-1 and one in the Valley when they meet up with their in-state rival, South Dakota State, at the Dakota Dome would be one heck of a matchup to say the least. Then they come to the Fargo Dome at the end of the year to wrap up the regular season. Welcome to the national stage, South Dakota. You're on display. You're under the spotlight right now. Take advantage of it. Well, I've been teasing it. It's our game of the weekend, our winner of the weekend for sure. The uh, the Grizz from Montana, they got stung by the Hornets of Sacramento State on Saturday in what was supposed to be a, a special day for everybody at Montana. 20th anniversary of their 2001 National Championship team. There's some irony in there as well on the Sac State side with how that all came to be. And Jason Ross on the call for the Sacramento State win on the radio side with us right now on the phone lines. Uh, What a win for Sac State. And uh, to go into Missoula with all of the energy around that day, the emotion for the Grizz on their side, to get a win, Jason, how would you describe what it means for the program, the coaching staff, Troy Taylor, everybody involved winning in Missoula?
1: You know what's odd about this, Jeff, is I feel like the win probably meant more to me and my broadcast partner, Steve McElroy. We've done the game since 1997. <laughs> Hornets had never won in Missoula, so that's 0 for 12. We were there for 11 of those, and there's been probably three or four just having your hearts ripped out at the end type of losses, and then plenty of 30 and 40 and 50-point losses in there as well. Um, the team acted like it was Another win, Troy Taylor. I mean, he's been incredibly effective as the head coach at Sacramento State first time, first run through. He wins the league title, something the Hornets have never done. Uh, we went years without w- winning road games. He's won all his big Sky Road games, so it's kind of bizarre um, that it felt like it meant more, a lot more to the broadcasters. Not that the team didn't love it. They did love it. They deserved it, and you're right, it was an emotional day, because all the things were kind of pointing to Montana and what they were playing for, but yeah, the Hornets basically outplayed them.
0: Yeah. First ever win in Montana, as you mentioned. It snaps a 12-game home-winning streak for the Grizz as well and now they've got two losses in conference play and look don't, don't look but Sac State's three and zero in Big Sky play you've got four very winnable games coming up Jason as well before you have to go to that rivalry game at UC Davis how can this win kind of catapult Troy Taylor's bunch in the right direction right now
1: yeah, I mean that's exactly right. It's where they are in the standings three and oh. There's only three teams undefeated in the Big Sky, and they're one of them. Giving Montana a second loss is critical in league. So, you know, I know Montana is still ranked higher than the Hornets right now in the in the rankings, but Hornets had to work their way into it. And the only thing to me that is off schedule for Sacramento State is their non conference loss to Northern Iowa. Uh, they had a six turnover day, so just yeah. an awful third quarter when they were leading in half. That was a loss that. I thought was a 50-50 game. They weren't supposed to beat Cal. They didn't. And then this Montana game, maybe they get one back. I mean, they're underdogs. They're playing number 5, and they win on the road. So um, the schedule is favorable. They have to still take care of business. But right now, that win has set them up very, very nicely in the division. All
0: uh, right, Jason Ross with us uh, on the call. Sacramento State football, first-ever win in Missoula, knocking off the Grizz. As we mentioned, a lot of emotion. 20th anniversary of their 2001 national championship team, the irony behind this, Jason, is a former Montana linebacker, Andy Thompson, is your guy's defensive coordinator. Is that correct? That's 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 some irony thrown at you in a big time way.
1: Absolutely. Another, a couple other coaches, uh, special teams coordinator. Uh, coach LePan, coach paulson all played at missoula as well in for montana but you're right andy thompson was a part of that 20th anniversary team they got together the night before but the day they did the honoring and and stuff like that he, he didn't take part in that um and before the game i was down on the field talking to him and he was talking about oh i remember in double overtime we got you here i said yeah in that corner of the end zone, there was a pitch play that we had a, <laughs> just a brutal play late in the game in 2000 he was like that was right over here i said yeah You're reminding me, I remember all these, he goes, but we need to be on the right side of this today. And he dialed up a couple of huge blitzes on the last sequence, and the Hornets got two sacks, on third down and fourth down, to seal the game. So Andy Thompson's fingerprints were were all over that football game on Saturday.
0: Well, let's talk quarterbacks. Let's start on your side first. You've got an interesting two-quarterback system that is working right now with Jake Dunaway and Asher O'Hara. How would you describe it to people that haven't seen Sacks Day play this year?
1: I'm almost bizarre that it works because you know the adage. I've said it on my radio shows, two quarterbacks mean you don't have one. Um, everybody said it, and Coach Troy Taylor's proving that to be incorrect at this point. They've worked their way through it, but now, honestly, each game, they change per series, per uh, down and distance. It's one of those things where I don't even know exactly what they're going to do. So if I don't, and I've seen every play, I know the defenses don't. So it's worked. I mean, last week, you look at the game against Montana. They combined for over 300 yards and three touchdowns passing, and then O'Hara ran for 72 and a score. So it's a mix and match. These two guys are the best of friends, which is bizarre. You'd think there'd be a lot of ego there, but they're totally pulling for one another. And the two quarterback tandem has worked surprisingly well. I mean, I I thought it would have shaken out to one guy by now, but we're this far in. I think they're going to keep going this way.
0: And then on the flip side for Montana, they don't have Cam Humphrey right now. How big of a blow is that to them? I know you don't follow them on a, on a weekly basis, but... In preparing sort of the chatter around this game, talking with the Sac State coaches, what has that done to Montana since he got hurt late in the Eastern Washington game in your mind?
1: Yeah, I think Chris Brown, I know by everybody there, they like him, the freshman, but that's the the key is a freshman. And there was a couple plays that I think he had to make. He had, The Hornets had a critical fumble early in the fourth quarter on a punt return that gave Montana the ball inside the red zone. And the very next play, they do a little skinny post over the middle that's wide open, and Brown underthrew it. The Hornets picked it off at the two, and that just kept the lead. Nobody scored in the fourth quarter, and he made some plays, but, uh, you know, I think his future is going to be very bright, but I think there was also some throws he had to make that he didn't make on Saturday.
0: I'm looking at some of these numbers. Under Troy Taylor, Sac State is 7-0 and on the road versus FCS foes. That's a pretty amazing nugget. And this is a guy that has been a court FBS level, at the Power 5 level. Uh, what makes this guy unique and different in, in what he does and how he coaches, Jason?
1: Yeah, one of the things he told me from the very beginning, he said, I'll never coach fear-based, and what he meant by that is, if I think I've got a play and it's fourth down and two at my own 10-yard line, I'll go for it. Now, he hasn't been that risky, but I just think that lends itself to the entire team. He went for a fourth down late in the game and didn't get it. I think it was the right call to do. Um, He's recruited well. He's got good players. They all seem to buy in. And, yeah, it's amazing to me that they're in every game. I mean, we, like I said earlier, Jeff, we spent years where the Hornets, I think we had a three-year stretch where they didn't even win a road game. And now it seems like if they come home with the win. It's just it's amazing. They're really well coached all the way across the board. And um, I think they believe they can win every game, even when they're playing you know, Cal and Arizona State and Fresno State heavy underdog tech this week. I think the point spread at one point was 19 against Montana. And I thought, man, yeah. Hornets haven't been blown out by anybody like that I don't know if they'll beat Montana but that I thought was a bit disrespectful and then obviously the Hornets uh showed that they belong uh, more than more than that and actually won the game
0: yeah absolutely one of the the, the win of the weekend we're, we're calling it here on the FCS Fever podcast Jason Ross play-by-play man for Sac State also part of the Sacramento Kings uh radio broadcast crew as well and uh, does great work in uh, in Northern California, in, in the, the Sacramento market, and certainly beyond. We mentioned UC Davis, and they've had a good season <clears> as well. Uh, just one loss on the year of Stunner last two weekends ago at Idaho State. But this this game between Sac State and UC Davis, Jason, for those that don't know, this is a rivalry matchup that happens at the end of the season, and it could be, who knows, you could have seeding implications, Big Sky title implications on the line, For those that don't know, how would you describe this uh, series between the two?
1: Uh, Well, it's going to be different than in other parts of the country. It's it's not the you know Montana, Montana State, or you know Auburn, Alabama. These these other just. Places that are just full diehard programs. But these are good programs. And what's great is we've never had a situation, at least when they've both been in the big sky, that both have made the playoffs at the same time. Uh, three seasons ago, Davis broke through and made it to the postseason. 2019, the Hornets finally broke through and made it to the postseason. Now you get to 2021, where both are good, uh, both have a chance, both schedules are pretty favorable, and Davis is off to an incredible start. The game, you're right, could mean for a conference title, could mean for seeding. It would actually be funny if, if, it, if both teams got to a spot where they didn't even have to win the game to still get in. That would be a, yeah. a lower-stress, high-level game. But... I love it. I think when Davis is good, it pushes Sac State, and obviously when Sac State's good, it pushes Davis. We're only 11 miles apart, um, so it's it's fantastic. And this year, the game will be at Davis. It'll be a full crowd, and it's just uh, yeah, I I love this kind of stuff. It's always been a fun rivalry, anyway. But more times than not, we've seen the teams at four and six, five and five. Now we've got two. uh, really good programs coach hawkins is a really good coach and obviously coach taylor at sac state's doing a great job so i love it it's great it's great for us yeah
0: absolutely jason ross sacramento state play-by-play man sports 1140 khtk great work on the uh the afternoon drive show there. a part of the king's radio broadcast crew as well always good my friend uh, we appreciate your time and uh congrats on that w hopefully we're talking again soon in the playoffs thanks for coming back on i'd love to thank you jeff all right, big thanks, Jason Ross, the radio play-by-play man of the Sacramento State Hornets. Heads up there in the big sky. The Hornets making their way to the top of the standings, Montana State, Eastern Washington, and Sacramento State. And as we mentioned, they'll be favored. They'll be the uh, the favorites in the next four games they play, and then a rivalry game to end the year at UC Davis. So uh, you could see a Sacramento State team climbing the ladder, climbing the rankings as it comes Uh, when we talk about these, uh, these playoffs and the FCS postseason. Hey, basketball is back, and it is time to make it rain to celebrate the NBA season launch. DraftKings Sportsbook is offering listeners of the FCS Fever podcast an exciting promotion, folks. Listen up. Right now, DraftKings Sportsbook is offering new customers a chance to win $200 in free bets if they bet $5 on any team, and that team wins. All they have to do is win, not cover, just win outright. To take advantage of the promo, click the link in our show description. Make your first deposit. Make a $5 money line bet on any team. And if your team wins, you get an automatic $200 thanks to our friends at DraftKings. It's the best offer going, so act now. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER, 1-800-426-2537 in Illinois. Gambling problem? Call one 800 gambler in Michigan, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, West Virginia, and Wyoming, one 800 with it in Indiana, one 800 4700 in Colorado, 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa, one eight 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 five three two thirty five hundred 3500 in Virginia, 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. Or call or text the Tennessee red line at 1-800-889-9789 in Tennessee, 21 and over, 18 and over in Wyoming, Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Wyoming only, minimum $5 deposit, a minimum $1 wager. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for full terms and conditions. All right, I want to shout out some other teams here and other uh, standout players before we uh, say goodbye on the FCS Fever podcast. UT Martin, the Skyhawks, are 2-0 and in Ohio Valley Conference play. 2-0 in the OVC. They're the team on top of that league that's going to be a one-bid league here this year. And their next three games are at home So UT Martin 2-0 in the OVC. Next three games are at home. Uh, Watch out for the Skyhawks to take a stranglehold on that conference. Their freshman running back, Zach Wallace, 25 carries, 125 yards and two touchdowns this past weekend. Shout out Coach Prime and this Jackson State bunch. They have now made their way into the stats perform top 25 in the media poll out there and 53,000 578 fans watched Jackson State with a homecoming win over Alabama State. Anytime you see a crowd like that at the FCS level, you tip your cap, tip our caps to Jackson State and Coach Prime. Well, we talk contenders and pretenders. Who we buying stock in? Who we selling stock in? Well, Rhode Island showed us a little bit. Didn't show us much, unfortunately. Five and zero for the first time in 20 years. They go on the road to Towson. Initially, they were going to bus. Well, Robert Kraft, we've seen him do this. The owner of the uh, New England Patriots, yes. He lets the Rhode Island Rams use his ride. He flies down the Rams to Towson in the Patriots' plane. Maybe they should have bust their first loss of the year, 28-7. to They go down at Towson, uh, a Towson team who I do not think is a playoff team here this season. Mentioned the SoCon, VMI routes Mercer 45-7. to That SoCon is wide open with five one-loss teams in the league right now. How about Sunday mornings? You know, you, you maybe stay up too late Saturday night, maybe you have one too many beverages, and you wake up and you think, man, what uh, what was I thinking? What happened? Well, a team that woke up thinking what just happened is Central Arkansas, the Bears, leading Eastern Kentucky at home 35-13 to with under four minutes left in the third quarter. The Colonels score 25 unanswered to win on the stripes. Hey, look out, uh, the uh, WAC AQ7, could that be a multi-bid league? Well, Eastern Kentucky could be that second team to be in playoff position out of the WAC AQ7. Don't forget about Eastern Kentucky for a playoff bid uh, come uh, come postseason time when the bracket is unveiled. And I know we we said, hey, stop the fight. Uh, I believe that Eric Barrier, after a 600-yard, eight-touchdown performance against Idaho He's the Walter Payton Award winner. Well, the defending Walter Payton Award winner from the springtime, Cole Kelly, he's putting up big numbers still, 396 yards passing, five touchdowns, and a win over Houston Baptist. Hey, what's coming up this week? Games we'll be talking about uh, later on when we're back uh, later on in the week this weekend. In the NEC, how about a couple of games out east? In the NEC, Duquesne is at Sacred Heart. Malik Grant has stepped in and filled Julius Chestnut's shoes very well for Sacred Heart. He leads the nation with 853 yards rushing. This is a game for Duquesne where the Dukes could put the, uh, some distance between themselves and the rest of the NEC. How about a big game in the Ivy League? Harvard at Princeton at Princeton Stadium in the Ivy League this upcoming weekend. Two big uh, teams playing well, 5-0 and squads in the Ivies on Saturday. And some seasons hang in the balance Here on October the 23rd, Jacksonville State, they travel to Sam Houston to take on the Bearcats. Both teams coming off of a bye. Same thing for Northern Iowa. They go to South Dakota State. Weber State is at Eastern Washington. All three of those teams, they are in dire needs of victories. Their seasons hang in the balance. And some games to watch in the CAA, it's losing a little luster with the Rhode Island loss, but Rhode Island is at Villanova in CAA play. Also, James Madison is at... And you have great offense versus a dominant defense in the Valley with Missouri State at North Dakota State, Bobby Petrino, Jason Shelley, and that high-flying offensive attack. They've scored 31 points or more in the last five games. First time they've done that since 2010. That is one heck of a matchup in the Valley inside the Fargo Dome. All right, that's going to do it for us. A lot of fun. Big thanks to Jason Ross. They get the win of the weekend at Montana, Sacramento State. And we have a lot of things looking forward to as we continue to follow this picture and see how it continues to get painted this 2021 college football season. My name is Jeff Colhane. Hope you've enjoyed the FCS Fever podcast. We appreciate you. Thanks for listening.